Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Welcome to episode 553 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Todd and Joe here. Todd, hello. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Ready to, you know, use my podcast muscles. They're big and strenuous. Well, luckily you need them for when you throw your back out later this evening. (laughs) That is true. I lift with your calves, not with your back, Joe. I'd say I haven't looked at the extended seven-day forecast, but I think we here in the greater northeastern Pennsylvania area are about a day or two away from putting the air conditioning on. Um, wow, I am. Yeah, I'm a day or two away from putting it in the window. So yeah, and then you won't hear from me for for a week because I'll be in the <laughs> ICU. Mm. Well, hopefully they take your insurance, and hopefully there's no problems. I'm sure there. Hospitals are typically cold, so I would maybe say I throw up my back just so I don't have to spend money on the electric bill for the air conditioning, but then you're spending money on a medical bill. I don't know. Somebody else above my pay grade needs to figure that one out. Right. I need a mathematician to figure all this out. Right. So we got a podcast. You mentioned your podcasting muscle. Um, (laughs) Not a lot of way in the world of comics themselves, the printed funny books we love so much, but some stuff in the movie and television worlds. Uh, the new slate of Marvel movies has been announced, and some very interesting casting on a show I guess I knew was happening on HBO Max. I don't know. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Right. The quick return and, I'm sure, br- uh, quick hiatus of con news, <laughs> uh, right. digital books and sales, what we read this past week, which includes... Friend of the Devil, a Reckless Book, Crossover number six, and Robin number one. Right. Uh, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, Todd's Art Attack. Todd and Joe have issues covering the latest issues of Jonah Hex in the Chamber. <laughs> and everyone's favorite, the Spider-Clone Saga. <laughs> God. Uh, again, remember, this is a family-friendly show. Mm. And uh, TV talk with the season premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. Wig o'clock is back, baby. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, you know, maybe I have some issues there. Oh. So, uh, this, what was it? I don't even know what the reasoning for this was. But uh, just this past uh, Monday, they decided, they, Marvel, Disney, whomever, uh, released a new, like, two-second teaser of Eternals. Right. And... Todd, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't know if I care about the Eternals. I've always said that. I said nobody cares about the Eternals. If they had Galactus during like the first uh, couple phases of MCU, it wouldn't have been, you know, Celestials and all that other stuff uh, in it. But uh, yeah, I don't know why it, the Eternals aren't my bag either. But Salma Hayek's in it, so I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, we have um, Black Widow this uh, this July. We have uh, Shang-Chi, I think, what, September? I believe so. Um, and then where is the Eternals? Eternals is November, and then Spider-Man No Way Home is December. 
Holy four, cow. That's right. COVID's messed things up. Four Marvel movies in one year. Yeah. Oof. Not giving anything time to breathe, I guess. No, but you know what? They'll make a ton of money. Yeah, that's true. And so that's the thing. So we got four this year, and then we got at least four next year, and at least four the year after that, because they rolled all that stuff out. Uh, For March 2022, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh Uh, In May, we have Thor Love and Thunder. In July, we have uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And then November, we have the Marvels. Right. Hmm. Which you know what that is, right? Uh, Is that like the new Captain Marvel movie? Yep, Captain Marvel 2. They're calling it the Marvels. Yeah, that's interesting. I agree. Uh, Then in 2023, at the very least, we have February, Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantumania, not to be confused with (laughs) Postumania. Right. Uh, May of 2023, we got Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And then a not credited date, just a blue number four. Oh, oh that was for <laughs> How Todd. much odd is that given you? So much. I'm like, I need to get on my health so I can make it that far. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say by that time, because they don't have a date, by that time, like, it'll be Fantastic Four night one and night two. Joe. Yeah. You know, like, like Marvel's figured it out that, that they could probably get away with, like before it was like, oh, let's do two. And then the Sony like partner was like, ah, well, we got to work this one in. If this works, you're going to have four movies every year for the rest of our lives with Marvel, if not more, you know what I mean? Because 2021 is going to be the anomaly. 2022 is going to be the real test. Right. Because if, for some reason, there's something else that pushes things back further in 2021 and things need to be shifted, they could just as easily go back to three as they did to four, mm-hmm. shift, you know, the Marvels from November 2022 to 2023, so on and so forth. Um, but, yeah, I, I think by 2023, definitely by 2024, if there's no other issues in the world and the market bears it out, we'll be getting four movies a year. I agree. And Joe, I, I'm, I'm afraid to almost give you my hot take on the Wakanda movie. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I don't know what they're doing with that Wakanda movie because apparently, you know, the, the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman. But I think, you know, we're far enough away from that that I can give this hot take. They really need to recast that role and just get it over with. They're not going to. I know, but hey, Joe, this is going to me be going out there. It's a business, and nobody lost their mind. And I get this is tragedy when they recast War Machine. You know what I mean? Like this is something else. This is like something that you couldn't look into. I think you maybe you get away with this movie, but then after that, you need to put somebody new in the Black Panther costume. You know, I may be hated for this, but that's my opinion. So here's my thought process on this, right? Mm-hmm. So, and again, I forget the uh, actress's name, and I do apologize. The one who plays who, Shuri? Who plays Shuri. I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that she is going to be Black Panther in this movie, right? I, I get it. Latita Wright. Now, I think what we then do is that gives them enough time to synergize everything. 
at least in the comics, that you do your female Black Panther run for, you know, a 6 to 12 month run to coincide alongside the movie. Mm -hmm. Fine. Uh, And then in the movies itself, I think you then babyface Killmonger and have him be the new Black Panther. I thought he'd be a great actor for it, but I'm just, I know, like I said, I'm just, I have no problem with Shuri becoming... Black Panther, and I even think there was, you know, there was storylines before with the, with a female Black Panther, whether it was one of his bodyguards or whatever, you know what I mean? So I'm 100% with that. Even, let me put it this way, you don't have to recast Black Panther, you could change it to Shuri, but you need to recast T'Challa. T'Challa is needed in the universe. If that's more what I'm saying, you get, you know what I mean? No? Yes? I get what you're saying. But I definitely think that it, you know, I've said it before. It's not going to happen in the first movie. I definitely don't think it's going to happen in the second one. Maybe by the third one, people will be feel comfortable enough to do it, you know? Right. Like I said, it's a little close. So, but yeah, but either way, I think it's going to happen. So let's put it that way. Yeah. We shall see. But looking at that list, of course, you know, I'm a sucker for Spider-Man. Um, the Thor movie and Guardians of the Galaxy are probably like the ones I'm most looking forward to. I'm going to go see them all. Right. Um, No F, no FF, you know? Ah, we're too far out. We don't got a date. We don't got a cast. We don't got nothing. We got a blue number four. What does that tell me? That tells me I can't wait for that movie, Joe. So I await uh, DC to roll out their new plan any day now after this. <laughs> right. Well, Flashpoint. Can't wait for that movie. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> Me too. Now, another bit that we had over the weekend uh, was I was maybe not aware that this was even a thing. That there was going to be an HBO Max Green Lantern uh, series. Like, not movie, but like TV show. Yep. Yep. And it was going to be Guy Gardner in the lead? Well, I don't know about that. They've cast, you know, is that some news that's coming up? They cast Guy. But I was always under the assumption it was a buddy. Uh, they, that's the way they always push it was it was a buddy, like, uh, adventure, a la Lethal Weapon, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, where obviously Guy Gardner, I, I feel Guy Gardner and Kyle will show up because Venditti uh, Vend- did that amazing run with the Four Corpsmen. So that's what I think they're doing. I think they're going to have a Hal, and I think they've said this part at least, Hal and John lead with other Green Lanterns and have Kyle, have John, and whatever. But I'm looking forward to it. This is the one that I'm actually kind of pumped for. Over the Peacemaker with your John Cena. Yeah, John Cena. You know, (laughs) as his music goes and my John Cena hat and everything. Right. I Um, can't see it. And they, they 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 made it like a big deal that some man named Finn Whitrock, which doesn't sound like a real name, right? He sounds like a Flintstones character. Mm-hmm. His Flintstones name would be Rock Rock Rock, just to like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what we're doing. Oh, because it would be Flint Winrock. Oh, but... that's right, Flint. There you go. See, you're a better hackneyed Hanna Barbera style <laughs> writer than I am. Well, that's what I do. Hackney. But he's from, like, American Horror Story, maybe? Is that a thing? That's one that, that I heard. I've never watched it, watched it, so I don't know. 
like I said, I don't know the actor, mm-hmm. um, but I know the character he plays, and I have three first appearances, so I'm fine with it. Oh, that's right. That's the most important thing. That's right. I was joking. Which one of these three copies will go up first faster? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Play the shell game with the three-card guy, Gardner Monty, I'll be playing later. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll watch a Green Lantern thing. You know, it's the first time that they've ever done anything uh, in a movie or a TV show with Green Lantern. So <laughs> no, I'll definitely had, check it out. They had that. Uh, they had that unaired pilot back in the eighties slash nineties with oh. Guy Gardner, which I still. Oh man, I would have loved to have watched that for uh, for uh, the Patreon show. But uh, did you ever see that or that that unaired? Pilot with the Martian Snack Hunter? That yeah, we always the, the Justice League one. We've talked about that many, many a time. Right, but I couldn't remember if you watched it. If you had oh, seen yeah. it. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Love that. Oh, so I could take that off my list of things you've never seen? Yes. Okay. So that's really it on the news. Again, it's been a light week. Um, One thing I want to mention, the ret- the semi-return of con news. I kind of looked ahead in the future, and there's not really much else that I saw of note. Right. Um, but this Saturday uh, is the Phillipsburg Comic Con. Um, it was started at the Phillipsburg High School uh, library, essentially, and it's kind of grown from there. I heard it was originally in a gym. Yeah, well, it was it was like the the lib the folks that ran the library at the Phillipsburg School, right? Ran it, and then it was in the gym, and then they had to get like more of the gym and more of the gym, and it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And this year they're doing uh, like a live stream thing Saturday from ten to four. Uh, if you go to pbergcc, uh, p-b-u-r-g-c-c dot com. Um, they're going to have like live stream panels with folks like G Willow Wilson, David Walker, Rags Morales. They got pre-recorded bits from your Jason Aaron's to your Mark Wade's Fabian Nicenza's and all people in between from there. And then I think they have a gimmick where like, if you are, and then they have like a, I'm looking at here and I'll include the links to this in the show notes. Right. Mm hmm. Um, then they're going to have like a whole bunch of like instructional videos. It was was set up as a thing for the kids, I guess. And I think if there's, I'm looking to see where it was, uh, that they have some sort of gimmick where if you could provide like information about you have like a school age child, they have like some sort of thing that they're giving away for like your school age children. Yeah. Um, this is, I've, I've been to this one. I'm sad that, you know, yeah. that, it, that it can't happen. It was a fun time. Me, our good buddy DJ and the art collector went, even though DJ wouldn't stop at the bagel place that I wanted to go to. I was very, very mad about that. Um, still hold a bit of a grudge. Uh, that's a fun little thing. We met Walt Simons in there. I've seen him a couple of times. Rags Morales was there. Like said, Fabian, that, uh, Franco, like like I said, it was a nice little little show that I wish that we could have went to again this year. Right, maybe you would have made it. <laughs> but you know what? And I probably would have just to get out because this was like this is a quick drive, you know. Yeah, I mean a fun drive with us, you know. Well, let's not go crazy. Then we you could have been one. You could have became a fig buddy, Joe. A f- a fig buddy. I told you the fig buddy story, right? I think you did, but. 
Yeah, that's where me and DJ shared figs at a certain con, and we started the Fig Buddy group. We have a set of rules to join Fig Buddies that to join Fig Buddies, you have to eat a Fig Newton with all the members of the Fig Buddies. So right now there's only two, so it's much easier. As the group gets bigger, it gets harder and harder to get all the Fig Buddies together in the same room. It's a thing. Don't you worry. Okay. Me and DJ. If you don't want to be a fig buddy, that's fine. I don't know if I want. I don't like figs. Fig newtons. You just you just gotta you just take a nibble. You're good. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> You're out. Yeah, You're I'm out. okay being out. <laughs> You're blackballed from the fig buddies. Yeah, I'm all right with that. But no, it, it looks like so. This was uh, you know I thought was going to set things up for the future, but it looks as though. Most sites are not updated right? with what's canceled and what's not, but it looks like a majority of things aren't really starting back up until like August, it looks like. Right. Aren't like, uh, wasn't it just on Twitter like today or something that like in Pennsylvania, at least that the mandates are going away at the end of the month, the mask yeah. is, is still around until what? 70% of people are vaccinated. They but... said that they're shooting for May 31st for all mask uh mandates to be lifted yeah right so we should it should be interesting it should be (laughs) well there is one more thing that does uh make the world interesting and that is soon to be named network.com it's soon to be named network.tumblr.com where you could find any and all of the shows uh, in the soon-to-be-named network, our collection of uh, like-minded individuals who do podcasts or appear on other podcasts, whether it be this show, whether it be Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, We Want Wrestling. So we, no, it's We Need Wrestling. There was another thing called We Want Wrestling. I, my mind sometimes gets foggy. Uh, final Wrestling Place, and then anytime any of the folks from those shows appear somewhere else, that shows up. Uh, this upcoming Monday uh, on the A Show, which is a f- wrestling fantasy draft booking thing a podcast, it's me and Adam from Ad Oz with Wrestling head to head. Oh no, who will I vote for? Uh, well, uh, I'm going to make the plea to Adam on the show because um, there has been some, not on any of the voting for myself or Adams, but other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been some, uh, accusations of impropriety with the voting. Right. And I'm going to make the pledge to Adam that I'm not going to vote from any of my Saka accounts. Right. Under the guise that he would not vote for any, uh, from any of his Saka accounts so that we can try to keep this vote as pure as possible. Yep. Uh, well, but he says, no, I'm voting Saka crazy. Well, then I got no choice, you know? I'm telling you right now, my PayPal's open for, you know, just to, to sway me with my Saco accounts. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm uh, not going to pay. I'd like to. Maybe Adam will. It doesn't have to be much. I'm cheap. My That's loyalty true. comes cheap, Joe. That's true. Uh, but also, you know, uh, be sure to check out uh, our friends that do creative stuff as well outside of the podcast realm, whether it be. Kevin Hellions of the House Show podcast uh, over at his website, Mask Library. Uh, Rick Williams, who does his cool resin figures and statuettes over at freekaratechops.storenvy.com. 
uh, Jason Sandberg and Chris Runt, who respectively have the digital comics Jupiter and Battle Monsters available over at Comixology. Uh, our friend Becky, who does a lot of sketches and original art. I don't think she did anything this week that I saw, but... No, but, last week she had a couple, but... Yeah, last week she had that Iron Man thing that we talked about where I co-opted it into uh, Todd's Art Attack. Yeah, and uh, I think she had a squirrel eating a Cheeto, but what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, that don't count. I think she wore, like, Star Wars pants or something today. <laughs> yeah, she, wrote, she, she wore her sassy robot costume. Yeah. Uh, so, um... And, of course, uh, be sure to check out Comics on the Green, which is our comic book shop, uh, Emeritus. Uh, Todd and I have been going there some nearly 30 years, I'd say. Close to it. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have a comic book shop in your area or you don't have a good comic book shop in your area, uh, Dave and the gang over at Comics on the Green do a brisk subscription mail order business. Uh, Definitely check them out. You know what? It has been 30 years. I was in high school. In 90-91 was when I first started going mm-hmm. to that to our comic shop. So, so, yeah, I was probably not getting the previews we're doing for previewing the past. But uh, back then, yes, that's very – wow. Oh, my God, I'm old, Joe. I know, I know with me, I didn't start going I, – I was still kind of getting like here and there where I could, and I didn't have a dedicated um, comic book shop until uh, Superman 75. Right. I was at another comic shop before that till that guy got rode out of town on a rail and then uh, comics on the green. Here I come. Mm -hmm. Rode out of town on a rail. I still love that. (laughs) Uh, But again, if you're not a physical uh, comic book guy then or gal, you can, of course, there's uh, get your digital books. There's tons of uh, digital sales going on this week. The links to all these will be in the show notes as well. Uh, Dynamite is having sales on something they call Hero Comics. I guess that's the far and few between superhero books they do, as well as Red Sonia stuff. Uh, the Red Sonia stuff is running until the end of the month. And this is one of the more comprehensive ones, it looks like. Um, I'll say most notably, uh, Gail Simone's run is in there. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of my favorite comic runs in the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. Uh, Image has a sale on Greg Rucka-related stuff. IDW has sales on Star Wars Adventure, Star Trek, My Little Pony, and Transformer stuff. <laughs> uh, Marvel has a sale on Star Wars stuff, of course, as we record this. Uh, you know, may the 4th be with you. You yeah. know, I always refer to this as Jim Day, but that's just me. <laughs> oh, where they started the Phillipsburg Comic-Con? Uh, adjacent, adjacent. Okay. I think it's like his sister. Gotcha. Uh, Dark Horse has a sale on Stranger Things stuff. Is Stranger Things coming back, or is this just a new series that that's in conjunction with? Well, I know season four is coming, and I forget where they like. They've already like tinkered with the like uh, the the interviews with the actors and stuff. Like, oh, this is where the char- my character is leading to, and stuff like that. I don't, we don't have an exact date. But uh, I think this might be the last season because, you know, all the Stranger Things kids will be in college by the time we get to season five. And they'll look like monsters now, like the cute ki- not like the cute kids we remember from season one. Right, right. They'll look like the monsters from the uh, other side, the upside down. Right. Uh, Valiant is having a sale on Shadow Man stuff and DC is having a sale on super villain related stuff. That Valiant stuff on Shadow Man, is it the 30th anniversary? That's how they should be pushing that. Mm-hmm. You know? I think 
it's partially 30th anniversary, but I think there's a new Shadow Man thing coming out soon. Yeah, makes sense. But like I said, all the links to those would be in the show notes. And I'm almost certain that all the links to all the free books still work. Um, but if stuff doesn't, let me know. Right. And I'll clean it up as I'm looking at it now. <laughs> that's that's off-air work, Joe. Stop. Um, yes. Hey, let's get into what we read from this past week, Todd. And I think we should begin with the thing that we were both most looking forward to. Which, yes. is, me, which is me checking the notes to make sure that there's no videos that autoplay on the image website like they typically do. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I got no problem. Let's talk. Let's let's do 10 minutes on that. No. Uh, so the thing that we were both most looking forward to coming out this week was uh, the Ed Brubaker, uh, Sean Phillips, Friend of the Devil, colon, a reckless book hardcover. <laughs> um, the continuing adventures of Ethan Reckless. Now, I don't recall from the previous one. Yeah. Uh, I think in the previous book, before we kind of get into the plot of this one. Yeah. In the previous one, the first one, it was kind of told like as is, right? Whereas this one, it's as though it's being told by Ethan Reckless like many years after the events had happened. I don't remember on the first one if it was like a, like, oh, when I was young. I think it still was because I think he was kind of talking about the 80s in the same way in the first one. But don't hold me to that because it's been months. Right. But this uh, one definitely is told as like, oh, like I'm wondering how like old Ethan becomes because this sounded like it was old Ethan talking about young Ethan. Yeah, I think he even says like, oh, I looked in on so-and-so and now it's been 10 years since this, so now this is happening. Right, and anytime anybody says the 80s, it's, you know, they're not in that decade. Right. So, I guess, you know, they tease it a little bit on the cover that says a friend of the devil. Uh... Ethan Reckless is hired. He's just like a beach bum, whatever. He bought out the old abandoned movie theater in town, and that's where he and his assistant live. And he gets a case of not so much as a missing person, but someone like who faked their own death. Mm -hmm. And then while he's doing research for that, he meets um, the girl who works at the library. Right. They become an item. They're watching one of the old movies. She sees someone that she recognizes in the movie. And that's really the plot of our story. Right. Um, I love these sort of things. Ed Brubaker is such a master at this. And we've talked about this so many times. When he tells these stories. These very particular. These very unique circumstances. Of somebody in a crime world. Or in like a police procedural or an investigative matter, it really feels as though like Ed Brubaker did his due diligence. This doesn't feel like him just kind of guessing around. No, I get you, and I'm almost the like opposite of you when I when I read these. I look at the everyday stuff that always catches me, like at, like just even the stuff like in this the old CIA agent that's like kind of retired now because he has a stroke. And, you know, he goes to visit him and this isn't much of a spoiler to get, to get some information. And the uh, CIA guy is mad because he didn't bring him 
a pastrami sandwich like he said he was going to. And that whole scene, I know this is getting off into like Todd territory, is like reminds me of when I used to have to do stuff for my grandfather. My grandfather had a bad heart and everything. And he was always trying to get me to sneak him Texas wieners. And like that whole scene where, where he yells at him, like, I could grandma would kill me if I brought you to, and he would just scream at me. I was like, this, this is, he's, he's had this happen. And this has happened to a lot of people. And like in his stories, there's always that totally relatable things. And then there's the crazy mystery that's going on. You know what I mean? So the, the relatable stuff always grounds the crazy stuff and makes it more believable. If that makes any sense. Yeah, um, and it's not that I don't like that sort of stuff. Of course, that adds that humanity to our lead character and the other characters mm-hmm. that he's dealing with so that if and when terrible things happen to them, right? Um, we're, I guess, more prepared for them would be the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're more attached to these folks. And again, I feel so bad um, as I'm trying to think um, of the girl's name who is... Uh, the girlfriend or the assistant? The girlfriend. I think her name was Tran, Le- uh, Leah Tran or something like that. I'm looking now. Yeah, but uh, that was that was who it was. Like her backstory is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, so her backstory is interesting, and again, that's definitely something that I'm sure, um, you know, Ed Brubaker did his due diligence with in getting someone's story and kind of adapting it for the book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, Lin, uh, I'm sorry, Lynn Tran. Yes. So, there's, and again, I don't want, I, I don't want to spoil a book like this. You should definitely check this book out because it's that good. It's worth it. Everything else like that. All right. Any, you don't want to spoil any of the mystery because it's tech, it's really actually a mystery. But the way the lead character, Ethan Reckless, talks about what happens to her. Mm -hmm. It sets you up that something much worse is going to happen to her than what happens to her. Does that make any sense? See, I would have said the whole thing that he says, like, early on in the story, he's like, and then, you know, blah, 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 about uh, her character. It made it very ambiguous. Like, I was questioning whether a horrible thing what was going to happen to her? Like, was she going to, I'm not going to say, was she going to get killed? Was she going to leave him? Was she going to do this? Was she going to do that? As like, as I'm going down the list, I'm like, I do like the fact the way he worded it, let it very, left it very ambiguous. As far as I was concerned, it wasn't going to be good, but I didn't know if it was going to be only her, maybe not being with them or something like her ending up murdered and then everything in between. Right. And I'm not saying maybe she was. And so let's say this: um, maybe she was murdered, just not horribly murdered. I guess. You're right. It's like, oh, she died the way she wanted to, horribly. And you know, they the the title of the book, uh, "Friend of the Devil," and this is very much where it sets you up. We there's a, there's a little scene at the beginning. Where Ethan Reckless runs afoul of the local skinhead group. Then we get told a story that leads us up to that first couple pages. And then everything else kind of gets fleshed out. And as Todd mentioned, it's a mystery. But it's one of those things where the the, the title of the story kind of tells you what the mystery is. But right. the way that you're led along in the, in the mystery, it's like you almost kind of forget that's where the mystery is going. That's the best kind of mystery. Yeah. Uh, but I can't stress this enough. These are really good books. 
Um, I was, uh, I, I had to delay plans this weekend. It's like, no, no, I have to finish reading this before we leave the house. Right. Can't write. You can't read on a roller coaster. That's right. I, you could try, but it doesn't work very well. Right. Now, as long as you're not reading with a barbecue over it, dripping on the pages, you're good. Right. I've met, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, but so many times, um, when we go to. To Knobles with my kid, I always tell him that I'm going to take my camera out and videotape us going down to the log flume, and he freaks out. What? That he doesn't want to be seen by his friends on the social medias? No, he's afraid that I'm going to drop uh, my phone in the water. Oh, well, he's got his mother's anxiety. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's move on. Where would you like to move on to next? Um, I'm going to go to something that uh, probably people didn't think we were going to do. Um, a book that I read was, and you apparently did too, was Robin Number 1 by uh, Joshua Williamson. And uh, Gleb uh, Malekinikov, I think is the artist's name. Yes. Um, and this, I uh, basically before I even start on this book, there was uh, two, a two-part co-feature, one in Batman one in detective by the same creative team that led into this. And basically uh, to get there, Robin has left Batman. Um, and in the two part story, he goes back to see his mother and his mother's like, Oh, well you came to me. Uh, and uh, that's kind of sad. And he's like, sad. Why? He's like, because now you, you know, you left your father, Alfred is dead. Like you've come back with to me with nothing and defeat. And he's like, no, no, I just came back to join up and they get attacked by these, these people that turn out to be the League of Lazarus, which are an offshoot of the League of Assassins, which, you know, and the League of Shadows. There's always like a league you haven't heard of. And she says, well, I got to go kind of fight those guys. But there's a tournament uh, of like to the fighting tournament that's going on. He's like that. I'm going to go do. And he ends up deciding the book is him going to fight in this in this tournament while certain aspects of the League of Assassins are sending their own people and he goes, and it's this is how he ends up getting his chit to get into the fight. And when he, like, going to where the fight is. This is that typical story of, you know, group of uh, martial artists get together. They go to an island and they have a, a tournament. Does not break that mold. Damien uh, Wayne makes it much more interesting. And some of the side characters that uh, that appear along the way, including new characters that may have a certain image past image creator <laughs> kind of mad as far as I'm concerned. Well, but, he still is an image creator, but he does his own stuff. Neither here nor there. Right. Uh, so I thought this book was good. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think this, you know, and obviously... You could take this very much for granted of a new number one, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you can give this number, this Robin number one, to someone who's never like who's not up to date on, let's say, the last like however long Damian Wayne has been a thing in DC Comics, right? Right. You could give this to them, and they get a full story, and they get a full history, who this character is, why this character is. And I would say almost most importantly is him being so connected to the Bat universe, Mm -hmm. why he's not connected to the Bat universe. It kind of sets up, it's like, yeah, we know Damian Wayne is Bruce's son. Yeah, we know all these other Bat people are here, but here's how we're kind of writing them out for at least this first arc. Right. Um, 
you know, there's the, as you mentioned, it's a lot of fight sequences and stuff. Damien's uh, cockiness, you know, shines through. And he comes across a little bit more likable here than he does in a lot of other stuff. I think Damien comes across as the most unlikable when he's interacting with other Bat family characters, except for Dick Grayson, when Dick Grayson was Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else about this book. The art was good. Uh, some of the head shapes were a little questionable at times. Right. Like, there's one page in particular where, like, Batman has, like, a giant jaw that juts out, like, seeming, like, three inches past his forehead. Right, he's giving R- Ringo a run for his money. Right, right. So I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. Um, where was I going with this? But it very it, it was a very good number one issue. Um, mm-hmm. Very light, very easy to read, very quick to get through, and uh, sets up with quite the cliffhanger. Yes, it does. I think that might be an illusion, Joe. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, and I totally get what you're saying on Damien in a group. He's much more... Uh, it's... It's not as fun to watch him berate and antagonize his family, but it's much more fun to watch him berate and antagonize strangers. And I've said this a million times. Damien is Guy Gardner if he was a kid and Robin. I'm the best. I'm cocky. I'm a fighter. I'm this. I'm that. But he's got more of the skills to back it up. And to see him just annoy and give like strangers a gentle ribbing, if you will, I, I that's that that's the fun in the character. So, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm actually looking forward to this book. I wasn't sure. I have it down on my list for the, like the first three issues, my pull list definitely, and that's my my thing. But I enjoyed the issue, so I see it it going on for me. I was just, it was just something different, something new. And Oh my God, I don't know. I don't know when I'll be able to get another bat adjacent book in from DC in the future. <laughs> oh, they come out so sparingly. Oh Todd. my God. It's like, di- you know, trying to find a diamond in a desert. <laughs> uh, so then last but not least, we have crossover number six, which is the, um, uh, end of the first story arc. Yes. And then I think we're getting like a one issue fill in <laughs> from Chip Zdarsky, whatever that means. Yep. When you're Chip Zdarsky, the world is, you know, not like anyone else. No. I guess would be the best way to say it. But this is, you know, this kind of blows everything up almost. Yes, it does. Um, You know, we get. Um. All of the they, they go through the they go through the portal or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where we see the giant battle with all the image and dark horse characters. Yep. No, there's some other ones if you kind of make out in the background, Joe. Okay. So oh. who am I missing? Because I see, you know what I mean. I, I see like I see mostly an image and dark horse folk. Do you have the two page spread near you? I do. Okay. You have near the, the, the energy coming down the fantastic car with the thing jumping out of it. Uh, or is that uh, from Astro City? It could be, but I always go by the the people in like the background that you can't see or the licensed ones they can't use. Up in the left-hand corner by the chimney or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Above, like, Witchblade. Okay. Yep. Um, 
Uh, Image uh, published uh, uh, Ninja Turtle comics for a little bit, sure. Yeah, but go to Dynamite now. That's who owns, who has them. IDW, but sure. IDW, you're right. You're right. You're you're definitely right. I'm looking around, but those are like some of the background characters I see. Obviously, like you said, uh, DC, uh, Dark Horse, and Marvel. But uh, maybe that that is you know, um, uh, the first family from uh, the what do you call it, uh, uh, Astro City. But I'm leading towards uh, Fantastic Four because I don't know if you saw we met from before we mentioned Becky that Donny Cates said that there's a clue to his next book from Marvel in this, I guess. Mm. And there's no other Marvel characters that I can kind of see other than maybe that's Fantastic Four. So maybe, I don't know. We'll see. So uh, we get, uh, you know, the, they're, they're, they're trying to save that, the, the little girl. Um, what's her name? I forget the little girl's name. Uh, Ellie, right? No, Ellie is the main character. Right, yes, I'm sorry, yes. Uh, so they get the little girl through, they save her, they get her through the other side of the portal, hopefully to her family, but of course the battle is still raging on outside of them. Uh, the old man Otto who ran the comic book store that Elle worked at seemingly is left for dead. I don't know if he's dead or not. Right. Um, so then uh, Ellie is left with... Um, Ryan. Ryan, the other antagonist, protagonist, whose father's like the religious zealot who is attempting to change his ways. And she kind of has that speech earlier in the book with him of saying, like, no one writes your story for you. You kind of get to write your own story. Um, um, Ryan saves Ellie from whatever's going on around them, gets them to a hotel somewhere. And then we get like a big cliffhanger to the end of the, the issue. Right. And I'll say... Um, I didn't see this coming. There's but I'm a not surprised. Uh, I'm not. I, I totally agree with you. I'm blown away by it, but I'm like, it all makes perfect sense. But I'm still shocked. Like, like, uh, uh, Donny Cates did his did his due diligence on this one to you know do some of the things that he did in this. And I'm I'm 100. I mean, I was on board on this book already. We're talking about it for almost six full issues, but I'm even more on board than I was on board before so yeah i mean that's a good thing like you can't yeah i don't know like when you love a book and you're like oh now i love it more and uh and anytime you have black and white zombies attacking people who are in color that's fantastic so Mm -hmm. but i really like this book um you know there was a bunch of new image stuff that came out at the same time and i know we talked a little bit about it before we started recording here um, but I think if anything, I probably like, if I had to pick one this week, I'm picking, and a lot of times they come out of the same week, I'm picking crossover over, uh, Department of Truth. Ooh, there you go. It's almost like a Wednesday night war kind of thing. Yeah. But I feel like, uh, Department of Truth, the crossover. Um, it is one in one A for me because I really liked a lot of the stuff that they were doing in Department of Truth, and I do like that the original artist is back. I like that style for the book. I'm slowly coming around on that. Uh, for not even slow, I was kind of liked it from the beginning. But yeah, if I had a lead, it was like there was a lot of interesting uh, punches in crossover where uh, 
Department of Truth was a lot of the same, that, but the same is good, if that makes any sense. So I don't know. I'm all over the place, but crossover wins by a nudge. Yeah, this week it does. Uh, next time they go head-to-head, we'll see how uh, everything else hashes out, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we read this week. Uh, let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books before worn, before arm, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. And I have a one-book lead over Todd. Mm -hmm. Let's see if I can extend that or at least keep Todd from tying me. Right. Now, I'm looking at your list, Todd, and I'm scratching my chin thusly. And I think the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Invincible Red Sonya number one. It is Invincible Red Sonya number one by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, Amanda Connor, art by the great Moritat. Uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, you know, all the things that Todd and, you know, all of us have come to know and love from the Jonah Hex stuff that we're currently reading and have read in the past. Um, you know, it's this book, I would think, right? Right. I'm interested in to see because he's, I believe Jimmy's a slightly different writer than when he's with Justin Gray than he is when he's with Amanda. So I'm interested to see which way this leans, but you know, looking forward to it. So I'm looking over the list of your books and is the book you're looking forward to, and I'm going to miss it. So it doesn't matter. Is it immortal Hulk 46? No, of course it's because it's always immortal Hulk unless it's not, I'm guessing it's uh, uh red Sonia. No. Oh, is it uh, Heroes Reborn? It's Heroes Reborn number one. Wow. I couldn't uh, Jason get in Aaron and McGinnis, arguably two of my favorite creators. Um, and even though it kind of sort of ties into the Jason Aaron Avengers book that I'm not really reading, <laughs> right. uh, I'm interested to see Jason Aaron's take on a Squadron Supreme run uh, alternate Marvel history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Next week, I flip the switch on uh, picking, making my pick. So. All right. But that's the thing. Any Listen, any other week, it's Immortal Hulk. Right. Except when it's not. And I'm really excited for that Invincible Red Sonya book. When I, But when I was looking and I was making my decision of what link I'm going to include in the email to myself. And I, hopefully not to me. Not Hopefully not to you. It's happened, what, five times, I'd say, in 553 episodes? Right. And I think Once it's happened- every hundred. Huh? Once every hundred. Yeah, once every... I'm due. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what uh, Jason Aaron's going to do there. I agree. And I think it's a weekly book. And I'll say this as well. Uh, I wasn't getting any of these. Uh, I think even when we talked about this in a news segment like three, four months ago. Right. I'm like, yeah, we'll see about the one shots. We'll see how that goes, whatever fits in. We'll look at the creative teams and stuff like that. And uh, Jason Aaron was on a podcast promoting this. And when questioned about the one shots, he seemed to be very unclear as to what was going on in them or uh, who were the creative teams on them. Mm-hmm. And if that didn't solidify my belief that I didn't need to get those, nothing would. 
You know what Marvel really needs to do? They need to do a Squadron Supreme movie. Okay. And do Justice League done right, man. That would be very... I I am down for that as, like, the next Avengers movie. Just be like, you know what? Here it goes. It makes a billion. And then it's like, oh, like, that's how we should have done it, everybody. I'm just going to get all the Snyder fans hating me here. So. <laughs> but, and try yeah. to cast, like, all the people that kind of... <laughs> Uh, taken out of like you know, yep, yep. <laughs> like get the real dream casting for who should have been Superman and who should have been Batman and this, that, the other thing. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's a good rib. Uh, so while you're over at LongboxHeroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done together, whether it be past episodes of this show, uh, past episodes of After Dark, or the current ongoing, uh love affair that we're having some would say and todd and joe have issues <laughs> reading the 2000 ish uh run of jonah hex and the revisiting the spider clone saga <laughs> something right. that needed to be done oh yes if it wasn't us who then right so i am going to start with the jonah hex stuff only because i could do this very quickly because <laughs> we did this before Yes, we did. uh, The original Todd and Joe have issues from four years ago where we were were each assigning each other like a one-off issue, Mm -hmm. like a self-contained issue of something. And uh, Todd assigned me this issue of Jonah Hex some four years ago. And as I'm going, I'm looking at the cover, I'm like, this looks familiar. And then as I'm thumbing through the pages of it to get like the image that I'm going to use in the post, I'm like, oh, this looks familiar too. And then I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, I've read this before! Mm-hmm. And Todd was like, do you want me to assign another thing and just skip to the next month? I'm like, no, no, it's been four years, you know? I'm sure there's people maybe that didn't read along or didn't listen or whatever it is. Um, so I say go listen to that episode from four years ago to get my take on it. No, no, I'm kidding, of course. Um, again, good self-contained story. Jonah doing his usual bounty hunt and stuff. Uh, comes upon a woman. He's looking specifically for four uh, outlaws, if you will. Uh, People that have bounties on them. And I always like to look at the names of other characters (laughs) in a Jonah Hex book. And these ones, okay, uh, we've got Louis uh, Heimloch. We've got Mike Hewison. Loy Turns, which seems like a fake name as well. (laughs) And uh, who's the, I don't think he says the fourth guy's name. Right. He just he just holds up the wanted poster and says, "Have you seen this man? He's riding with these other three guys." Right. So uh, she says, "No, I haven't seen him." Invites him in for something to eat and something to drink. Um, they're getting on, having some conversation. She's maybe getting a little bit too drunk. Maybe Jonah's getting a little bit too drunk, and Jonah not one much to get too drunk. It's probably because she drugged him, and was she herself was maybe putting on how drunk she was because lo and behold, those four men that Jonah was looking for have already been gotten to by this woman, Holly. And in a very gruesome thing for a not comics code approved, uh, not vertigo book, the four men are, you know, have their limbs mostly cut off, still all bloodied and banged up in the barn. And that appears to be what Jonah's fate is going to be as well. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, Jonah is too quick for pretty much everyone. Right. And while Holly is commiserating with her sister Hannah in regards to what they're going to do over this, Jonah escapes, uh, comes back uh, the next morning when the sisters are separated, gets the drop on them, ties them up uh, in the thing. And, you know, uh, Jonah deals out his usual brand of justice um, and essentially said that... Uh, you know, these guys are horse thieves and killers. Um, you know, they deserved to be hung. That's what's fair. What you did to them was not fair. So it only goes to show that you should have some, especially since you were going to do the same thing to me, then I should kind of turn about this on you. Mm-hmm. And he unleashes them. Uh, the four men with their arms and legs cut off. And their tongues. Actually, feral at this point. Yeah, and they also had their tongues ripped out. So. And also had their tongues ripped out and nailed to the wall. Which is fantastic. And after they are done with their dirty, sinful business, Jonah then, to collect the bounty, brings these men into town. And as Jonah is wont to do, by just by being himself, he runs afoul of the local sheriff. Right. And he says, these are these men. They may not look like them, but the only reason they're brought into this condition is because it says wanted alive, mm-hmm. not wanted right. dead or alive. Right. I would have put them out of their misery if it wasn't. Right. But you wanted them alive. Here you are. Give me my money. Sheriff is like, no, thank you. So the sheriff gets slugged in the jaw and uh, Jonah gets his money and leaves town. The end. Right. Um, also, the one thing I just want to say about the sheriff is because the sheriff's like, Jonah's like doing all these like macabre jokes and the sheriff's like, I don't like your attitude. And he's like, I better get out of here before I, you know, I make short work. Yet. And he pulls his gun on him and Jonah just slugs him. And he's like, he's like, I'm not leaving until I get my money. And you're a terrible sheriff because this happened under your watch and there was probably more. So just pay me before I put a bullet in you. And I'm like, that's, it's kind of cool because I honestly don't believe, like, like there's a moment early on where Jonah says to the women, he goes like, oh, I would have let you stay and kill more men, but you, you were going to do it to me. I don't think maybe he would have done that. But I do like the idea of, like, you know, you were asleep at the switch, Sheriff. You were asleep at the switch. So you deserve this, you know, this beating that I'm giving you. And um, this was, I do like this this issue a lot because it's horrific. This yes. whole issue is just horrific. And I remember your, t- I actually remember your take on this issue when it happened. You were like, does Jonah get to drop on him? Uh, get, but people get to drop on him a lot. It doesn't make sense. And I don't know. And I was laughing. I'm like, I hope he understands now, like, as he's read more Jonah Hex stories. But uh, this is gruesome. And I would love to see it when they do the Jonah Hex HBO Max show. This would be a great episode. To oh, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Yep. So. I'm glad you like the issue. This so. Time. I'm sure you'll have a similarly ringing endorsement of the spider clone sagas you had to read. Yeah, I could probably pound through it just as fast as you did the Jonah Hex issue. Even with two of them. Ugh. Two? Hey, two, yes. Always giving me two. Um, so we start with uh, Spider-Man 58. Um, it's a showdown like in, in his house between Peter, Ben, and the pod Peter. Um, uh, 
so basically, like they're talking, and Ben is the only one in this threesome that believes he is the clone. Everybody else is like, no. Pod Peter's like, I'm the real Peter. Real Peter's like, I'm the real Peter. And uh, it just goes on and ends up. Uh, Pod Peter passes out from the beating that he got from Kane. So uh, real Peter at this point um, is like, well, I'm gonna go get MJ, and he ends up putting on the black costume mask that he has and gloves apparently, because he yeah. says like, this is all I have like left right now. So I'm going to throw these on and, uh, uh, he leaves. And then like, Ben's like, Oh, where did pod Peter go? Like he disappeared. Um, so you cut to Kane and he has MJ and, uh, he wants that all Peter has, and there's only one way to get it. And lots of other fun clues that he's going on. Um, so like, you know, he's just discussing that your death is coming. Don't be in a rush to get there. I'm having the visions and stuff like that. So, uh, we cut to, uh, Ben, uh, surprises Peter and they make the point of saying that, uh, isn't it weird that like, we can't, we, uh, don't set if we don't set off each other's spider senses as, you know, as, as that I'm like, Hmm, who else has never set off spider senses? Ah, I'll worry about that later. So uh, Ben and Peter team up and they're going to get uh, MJ, but they're going to wait because Peter's like, I know what's going to happen. Let's just sit and, and, and wait. Um, and we find out that he gave her a special Spidey tracer um, that's attuned to like his spider sense like he's done before, but it's more powerful. So she's like, oh, I, if I set this off, will he? Because she doesn't know he broke out of prison. So she's like, oh, if I set this off, this could ruin everything. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it. But Kane starts having his visions like intensely. She's like, nope, nope, this is this is it. So he presses it. Um, so that Ben and Peter go off. They find where the signal is coming from. And Pod Peter shows up to uh, kill Kane. He's like, I'm going to kill Kane for taking my wife. And I'm like, hmm, I'm starting to believe Pod Peter might not be the real Peter, Joe, because uh, real Peter doesn't kill. But I can't tell. They're all, they could all be the real Peter at this point. Um, so they all attack Pete, uh, Kane. Um, MJ leaves because she's like, oh, they could all be clones for all I know. And uh, Ben basically starts antagonizing Kane so he can distract him so Peter can go off to find MJ. Um, he finds MJ, and I do like this because I thought about this when he's like, hey, I'm here, and I know you hate the black mask. I know you hate the black costume because of Venom, but it's all I have. And I was thinking about that earlier on. So I did, like, out of that, I do like this, that the whole thing that that black costume freaks MJ out. Um so uh, he's talking and then Pod Peter uh, shows up and he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to kill everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm like he's starting to really go crazy. And then Ken shows up. Uh, Ken. Kane shows up with a like beaten down Ben Riley. And it's the like he's like, oh, you know, every I'm going to I'm going to find it all out at the end of this or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what he said, but it's, you know, the showdown is the cliffhanger of this issue. Yeah, it was a, it was an all right issue. I don't really care, you know? So the only notes I have from this is, uh, you know, when, when Mary Jane used that spider tracer, that supercharged spider tracer, and both Ben and Peter heard it, and then for some reason it triggered Kane's visions. What? That didn't happen. I think those were unrelated incidents, Todd. Totally unrelated. And totally. I can't. And uh, there's a there's like a like a big like 
you know, like, let's say it's like a half page spread or whatever it is where uh, fake Peter shows up. But it's still a cool shot of him using the spider signal that Spider-Man has on his belt. Yes, yes. I'm a big fan of the spider signal that Spider-Man has on his belt. They should use that more. They should bring that back. They should. Uh, They really should. So we cut to this issue. And this is where it really gets good, Joe. Spectacular Spider-Man 224. Where apparently since last issue... Peter Pod Peter is genetically triggered to be the assassin with Peter's face, Joe. Oh boy, that escalated quickly. By the way, well, if you see on that last page of Spider-Man fifty-eight, where Pod Peter is in the background and he kind of looks like he's almost like a little squirrely, he's almost drawn like Toad from the X-Men for some reason. Yes, I thought they were just trying to draw him crazy, but um, Pod Peter may get a new name in the next couple of sentences. So, um, well, but, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because we'll get there. Go ahead. Right. So, Ben stays to fight Pod Peter and Kane because he was just playing Spider Possum Joe, Scarlet Possum. I don't know. Right. So, uh, so while that's going on, Pod Peter says he's a genetic freak and uh, he won't be cured until he kills all the fakes. So he didn't have a accident. He didn't have a freak accident. He had an accident with a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying it. <laughs> right. So while that's going on, we cut to Traveler and Scryer. And they're at the prison. Uh, Traveler, Juice Traveler, still using his powers of illusion to make it look like Peter has never broken out. And they're ended up talking. He's like, "This was Peter's only chance. He had to go do Aunt May, but or Aunt May, he had to go get MJ. But he was, you know, he would have ruined his life and a chance at a good life. And uh, Scryer's not buying it because he's walked with him for centuries. And uh, but he says." The, you know, the real Peter is a man of, you know, great responsibility. So I do believe he'll come back. Interesting. I do believe the man with the real Peter with the great responsibility will come back. So um, Pod, we cut back to Pod Peter, who is now freak face Joe. And the way he's drawn really makes his face freaky. So that's Pod Peter's new name. So I don't want to confuse anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Kane is doing... <laughs> face and heel turns every which way he's gonna help ben he's not gonna help ben he's really setting up ben i'm like i i don't know what's happened here um freak face says he's been designed by the jackal to actually beat kane so now i'm starting to think freak face might actually be the clone joe and not the real not the real peter because when he said i was designed i was like but if you were designed by Jackal, maybe you're not the real Peter. I don't know. So MJ's with Peter, and they get out of the sewer or whatever. And the whole way, Peter was like, oh, I can't believe I'm leaving Ben to, like, you know, fight that on alone, alone, and this is my thing. Like, I'm, that's not me. And MJ can kind of see it, and she's like, I could tell what you want to do. Go back and help Ben. He's like, no, but I got to get you back. She's like, I can get home in the rain. It's not a problem. I need you to be there and, and all this. And I know you're a good father because, you know, you'll be a good father because you, you're, you're with great power comes great, great responsibility, whatever. You're responsible kind of a thing. So they're doing that. They're hammering the responsibility home. Um, ben, uh, you know, and, and 
Peter end up fighting with Kane and Freak Face above ground. And in the end, basically, uh, Freak Face is going to throw a propane truck at them, but Kane whips a car at it, it explodes. They all get separated, and then uh, so Ben's like, "What do we do?" He's like, "I don't know. I got to go back to prison, but I'm I don't know what's going to happen because I think I'm I'm w- wanted for you know I'm in prison for a crime that maybe you committed." And Ben's like, "I didn't commit it, and to prove it, I'm going to take I'm going to go back, and it'll I'll, I'll take your place in prison, and you'll be able to clear your name outside." And Peter's like, okay, that kind of gives me a little trust for you. Then we cut back to Judas and Scryer. Scryer was like, you always knew the fake one would come back. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, I kind of, I kind of knew and I, I want to see where this goes kind of deal. But this is one of those things where like heavy handed, they're like the re- the real Peter is responsible and will come back. And the real Peter supposedly did at this point. Joe, <laughs> I don't know. It's very weird. I don't know what's going on with Scryer and Judas Traveler. So, so these uh, Scryer and Judas Traveler uh, bits were probably the least consequential. Like there was very little. Like they were just talking, right? Like at least like in the previous times, there was a lot of like rumor and innuendo that they would be bantering back and forth with each other. In this one, it was really not much of anything, right? Um, as you mentioned, the, uh, the, the pod Peter now becomes freak face. He looks like he got blowed up for good, but <laughs> Todd, he ain't blowed up for good. He comes back. What? It's not. Are you telling me a clone comes back? And he gets an even better, different or stupider name. Oh, freak faceier. No, I don't want to <laughs> spoil that for you. Um, the, the so, you know, I, I've mentioned here before this five-issue miniseries or this five-issue story is to wrap up this whole, like, we introduced this third Parker clone. Um, We have to extend things out, but this thing sucks. How do we get rid of it? And how could we pad this out longer? I know, five issues. I should have said freakier face. That's what I should have went There you go. But but obviously the big thing that happens here is, is that Ben's like, I'll take your place in prison. Yeah. Which there are, you know what, John? Like I'm bagging on this whole thing. There are like, if you cut it down with the like the the the, the bait and switches and this and that, um, like a lot of these ideas are kind of like would work. But there's also the part of the past, you know, knowledge of what it becomes and what it's famous for. But like the idea of Ben going to jail for pe- like these are all nuggets of a good idea in a story that's already drawn out too long. You know what I yeah. mean? So that's the best way to put it. I don't want to bag on every little thing because it becomes fun. But when there are good like ideas, I'm 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 gonna tell. Like that's it. Freak face, not one of them. No, and that's and again, that's why freak face comes back, you know? It's like that's right, an, sure. it's not a good idea, so of course it comes back. With his new name and he's freak face done right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we only have 34 weeks left. <laughs> oh my god, the countdown. Now, the uh, two things that I want to mention, this is one of the other things that I had in my notes. So, obviously, Jonah Hex-wise, it's easy. We're reading Jonah Hex issue 27. Bing, bang, boom, right? Right. Uh, this, uh, next thing that we're reading is Spider-Man Unlimited number nine. Ooh, do I have to read all of it? Because those Unlimited had multiple stories, usually. Let me double check while we're talking. Right. I mean, you didn't have to do it right now. You could have did it when we're off mic, you know? 
Let let the people who are following along read everything. This was them. Uh, the DC was actually doing this with Spider Man around the time as well. DC was doing this oh. with Spider Man around the time. You have to be completely uh, DC confused. Doing, DC was doing this with Superman around this time. Pardon okay. me. Right. DC was doing this with uh, uh, Superman around this time, where you would get that like fifth week month, right? Where there would be like nothing. So they're like, oh, let's kind of create like an annual size thing to fill that out. Right. And it's essentially like Justice League Quarterly, Superman Man of Tomorrow, Spider-Man Unlimited. Right. And wasn't there a ton of Marvel Unlimited ones? Uh, I think there was definitely an X-Men one for sure. And there was a 2099 Unlimited? Yeah, that's right. Um. So... Not to spoil anything on that, but the Sinister Six is in this issue, so that's oh, always a good thing. The third, one of the third best rogues gallery in the biz. Second best, but anyway. Um, if I'm looking through this, uh, sadly, it looks like there is no second feature. It looks like I'm gonna read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those were oversized too, man. Yeah. And it is oversized. So that being said, uh, the one thing that I have in my notes for this is that in the next issue of Spectacular that we'll be reading, uh, the issue has on the cover a live-action 3D disc. Ooh, I can't wait to see that. We're not going for a holographic cover. It's just a uh, dollar coin-sized disc on there. Now, was this before or after the, the hologram cards on Wolverine and stuff like that? Remember? Oh, we're, uh, this is after, way after, where it was like a card-sized hologram on the cover, like Fatal Attractions, and like there was another one as well. It was during the storyline when he lost his adamantium. Yeah, yeah. I sounded very Italian there when I said adamantium. Uh, the Italian Wolverine, thank you. <laughs> He's even more hairy. Um, but yeah, so it's like, uh, like a, do- it's a dollar coin size thing that's on the cover of the next issue of Spectacular Spider-Man and the next issue of Web of Spider-Man. I'm giving you the speculator. I mean, follow alonger the heads <laughs> right. up on that. But the next thing that we'll be reading is Spider-Man Unlimited number nine, which is part five of five. Right. And, of Web of Kane. And it even does or say Mark at the end Kane, of, us. Really. Uh, it does say at the end of Spectacular 2024 that there is a hologram on the next cover, yep. which blew me away. I was like, I was going to mention, I'm glad I didn't, because then I would have been sad that the next thing doesn't have a hologram. But then it has all that spider clone goodness in it to make me forget about it. Right. So again, it's and then we're in a little bit of a stretch here, even though that's like a larger sized issue for the next two, three, four, five weeks. It's just one issue of the Spider Clone a week. That's oh, music to my ears. And then it's two, two, one, and then three. A what? Oh, can't <laughs> wait till we get to my six of Jonah Hex in one shot. I'm looking forward to it. So, Todd, speaking of other things I'm looking forward to, did we have any art attacks this week? We did from Saucy All Along. He says he got another art book from Kickley. Um, came with a whole slew of colored prints. Any commission, he got a Starfire this time. So there's a lot of prints I get. Like, obviously, the prints are like the Scooby-Doo gang, which look fantastic. And then has, like, a Wonder Woman print and, like, uh, the Challenge of the Super Friend cartoon and, like, all the great stuff. But that uh, that 
commission that's actually the uh Starfire is really cool. I like I don't know what they used for the colors. I'm guessing like for that streak on the on the hair that she always did when she was flying. I don't know if it's painted or marker, but I really like that. That is really cool. Yep. And uh the uh the more hair Starfire has, the bigger the hair, the better. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 percent uh 80s hair on my superheroes. And uh, I just have to say, I'm always happy when Saucy all along um, put something in because his avatar is Rainbow Raider. And I'm up for, you know, Rain. he's one of the best rogues in the number one rogues gallery. So I have no problem with that. Uh, no arguments there. Okay. Um, and also Rebecca's art uh, sent in. Not even sure how to describe this piece by Rebecca, but it's a woman who looks disheveled and has uh, hair down in her face. Now, I'm not sure if the hair is two different colors or she just hasn't gotten around to coloring the other hair. But I like the idea of some black, some white, and it's down in her face like with that wide-eyed look. I don't even want to say because we're a family-oriented show what I think is going on there. But uh, I, re- I actually really like that piece because it's very... Uh, it's very like the facial expressions. I'm a fan of artists who do great facial expressions. I don't know if you know that Joe, but, uh, I like that because that really shines through that. I don't want to say crazy eye, but wide eye. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're saying crazy eye. You're saying wide eye. I say that eye really pops off the page. If you will. I hope it doesn't pop Joe. That'd right. be disgusting. Uh, but I get, you know, obviously the hair is covering up something going on with the mouth. There's a lot of sh- mystery to this piece. Um, I do get feels of a Harley Quinn inspiration, mm-hmm. feels of uh, death and or delirium from the Endless family from this. A lot of inspirations that I'm feeling from this. But if you're not drawn to that eye, I don't know what's going to draw you to what, you know? I'm going to say this now, Joe, Rebecca has sent in a lot of artwork to the, like us. And I've, you know, I've loved it all. I, and I, this isn't me. And you know, I don't say these things if I don't mean it. This is my favorite piece that she's done. Oh yeah. Like legitimately like straight up. There's something about, like I said, it's that, that I and other stuff. This is my favorite piece Rebecca's done. So Rebecca kudos lo- love this piece. So I believe that, that was I it. think. Oh, we have. Uh, oh, oh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, uh, be sure to check out the store uh, where we got shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Those are sitting here in my house, ready to be shipped out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can head over to our T Public store, which the link is in our store link, or you can go to tinyurl.com/longboxheroes. And this week is thirty percent off. Uh, all the stuff that T Public is going to put those logos on. Those are logos inspired by this show, logos inspired by After Dark, logos inspired by Soon to Be Named Network, logos inspired by Add Odds with Wrestling, logos inspired by Final Wrestling Place. And again, you can get those on a variety of items, cell phone covers, notebooks, all sorts of things, tapestries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way that you can help us out is by signing up for our Patreon. As little as a dollar a month, you get two bonus shows from Todd and I. One is uh, previewing the past, which we'll be recording the newest episode of that this weekend, which will be May of 1991. Uh, We also do six never seen movies this year, which is Todd assigns me six movies I've never seen. I assign Todd six movies he's never seen. This month's offering is my assignment to Todd, which is going to be Ed Wood. And uh, I would say that is probably the highest class and the best, like, movie movie that i'm gonna assign todd Mm -hmm. 
Um, this is a movie that was like nominated and won Academy Awards, you know? So um, Much- I can honestly say that the next three films that I'm going to assign you, Todd, have not won Academy Awards. <laughs> And I bet that surprised Samuel L. Jackson just as much. It's, uh, well, I think maybe one of them, uh, he might not have been as surprised. He's like, uh, you know, that you know, that, that sounds about right. I'm aghast, but anyway. Uh, that's what he said when the camera was on. <laughs> I could read lips. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're at the $5 and up level, you get those two shows two weeks before everyone else. And you get After Dark uh, three days before everyone else. So you get to listen to these shows in the correct listening order, uh, the order in which we actually record them. Mm-hmm. But anyone and everyone who signs up for the Patreon holds a special place in my heart. And we record those shows uh, and this show for you and for everyone else. Like I say, I feel as though the Patreon, the people who pay for the Patreon are paying for this show, and then we're forced to give them extra stuff because they're the ones paying for the free show. Right, and all the and I'm also the same way. All the people who have subscribed have a special place in my heart. That or it's all the bacon. I'm not really sure. No, it's the people. Oh, it's the, well, you can make bacon, people bacon, maybe. Uh, no, hey, yes. didn't they do that in Jonah Hex this month? I don't know if, well... Making bacon. Uh, another way, the final way that you can help us out, of course, would be make any and all of your purchases uh, I, through Amazon, through our click-through banner at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, a large uh, sampling of... Comic book stuff. Uh, someone well, purchased uh, the volume five hard hardcover of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, somebody purchased the House of X Powers of X trade paperback and volume eight of Immortal Hulk. I wonder if that's the same person that was looking for a House of X comic box. Possibly. I don't know. He's got a local dedicated store in his area, and he's got those big Titan checks coming in. So money yeah. is no object to him. The comic who does uh, Doctor Who? No. Oh, the com- I thought it was the comic company. But anyway. Titan Sports. No, that's where the real money is. And somebody also purchased from the I Heart Guts plush line a prostate plush. Ooh. And again, I've never, you know, seen a prostate, but this plush is green. And I don't know if that's uh, 100% medically accurate, like the human centipede, or 100% <laughs> medically inaccurate, like human centipede 3. Right, right. Where human centipede 2, kind of ambiguous. Right, it's like 50-50. Right, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's medically accurate, sometimes it's not. But anyway, whether you're someone who's purchased something through PT Public, you purchase something directly through us, whether you're a patron or whether you've purchased something through our Amazon click-through, we thank you. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it keeps the lights on or whatever it is, that sort of thing. That's kind of all paid for, um, you know, but this just kind of uh, helps us, you know, you know, uh, put a f- couple bucks in our pocket for doing the show. I ain't yeah. going to mince words there, you know? Right. And I like, like you said, like the stuff is paid for, for like the webpage and stuff, but I always in the back of my mind wonder for how long that's paid up for. Yeah. Well, I got the calendar reminder set, you know? Oh, good. And then one of these days, maybe we'll get those nuclear codes. Uh Uh-huh. 
so that uh, covers that. We're going to get into the discussion of Legends of Tomorrow season premiere. So if you didn't watch, you don't care. Thank you very much. Episode 553, Longbox Heroes, uh, wrapping up for you. And we're just going to take a moment for me to click this link <laughs> and look at uh, Legends of Tomorrow stuff. Uh, so, uh, Legends of Tomorrow is back. Yes. I feel as though everyone's here, right? There's no thing of anyone missing and anyone that is missing it's because of the plot point because sarah gets abducted by aliens as we saw at the end of the previous episode right you know i mean of all the people because the shape changer sets wood that was vixen you know like blah 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 she left the team so she's not there right but she's like gone gone it's not gone gone yes yeah yeah uh so of course we are now trying to look for Sarah, because she is, you know, one of the last two people uh, <laughs> left for the Legends, as we discussed a couple weeks ago when um, Dominic Purcell uh, had some fun on social media. Yep. Um, so he is going through everyone on the Wave Rider, and everyone is in their uh, thematic costumes for 1977 London. He comes upon Ava, and as they're trying to find and locate everyone, this is when they realize that Sarah is missing. And uh, they do lastly find Nate, who for some reason has a very distracting lip ring in. Because he was I a punk. Which and I don't think was the thing of the time in 1977, but I don't know nothing. That's right, but he had a good-looking cowlick that you don't see every day, mm. unless you're on Skype with you. But anyway. And Mick Foley, no. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but he was talking to, I would maybe say, the worst on-screen representation of David Bowie I've ever seen in my life. I, you, you know what? You beat me to it. As I'm like, that's supposed to be David Bowie. Did they just get like throw a wide net for a skinny actor? Was that it? And he wasn't even that skinny. And, and you throw that on top and I'm all right. I'm not a David Bowie fan. I've never been. So like, take that right out of the way. But then you compile that with saying we have to go see Starman and it's not Starman. It's Starman, David Bowie. I lost my stuff. I was like, cause I thought we were going to get disco era, uh, Starman, the alien, because we were looking for aliens. Well, we knew aliens abducted Sarah from last season, so I was like, oh, Starman is an alien. He was like in the disco and he was and all that stuff. But it wasn't. It turned out to be the worst screen adaptation of David Bowie. Yeah. So that was embarrassing and distracting. But luckily he wasn't in the whole episode. He was just in that one scene so that he could give uh, the Super 8 footage <laughs> of the show that he uh, was recording because he's singing about Sarah, who was kidnapped by the aliens very poorly. What? Just like Ziggy Stardust, baby. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm a Bowie fan. Ziggy Stardust stuff not might not be my favorite era of Bowie, but uh, nonetheless. So they watch the Super 8 footage. They see Sarah. And also during this, Sarah, maybe a little tipsy, tells the camera person, David Bowie, that uh, she is going to propose to Ava that night. And of course, mm. gets sucked away. So now... We're in the thick of our story. Uh, A story, of course, is them searching for Sarah. B story is Sarah on the ship and what she discovers there. And then our C story, I guess, 
um, would be Mick and, again, I feel so bad I forget his name because he's a new character on the show. Mm-hmm. They call um, him, like, C or something like that, but I know who you mean. Um, it's Zari's brother. Right. Uh, t- uh, Tarazi? Tarazi? Yes. yes. Okay. So they, he sees in, like, a knockoff of the World Weekly News, some woman, some little girl, who can communicate with aliens. So they get the idea that they're going to go to her to see if she still is, one, alive, and two, is really able to connect, speak with aliens. And they are going to get her to contact the aliens, or at least locate the aliens that have kidnapped Sarah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this episode, as I lay everything out here? Um... There's more going on. I thought at times it was, you know, it was fun to see like the uh, legend stuff that I liked. There was a couple of good puns and jokes and gags, like where Ava actually ends up like she's she has the checklist of distracting all the members. It's like and checks off like uh, Mick goes gets drunk kind of a deal. Like, and and I'm like, all right, these are all the bits. But Joe, they really alienated me when they made Gary an alien. Yeah, that kind of seems out of nowhere. Right. I mean, it almost makes sense because he's so awkward. Yeah. But like when we found out what he looked, and I'm like, no, I just like the fact that Gary was a weirdo, and I don't know. I was kind of. Like I kind like the all the Sarah stuff I kind of liked uh, with the gags the gag with the where she meets Spartacus and he's like I'm gonna avenge like you know people and she's like no no we're Avengers are stupid I was like all right that's a great gag we're the preventers and I was like okay that could have ran more but all around I, I I'm not 100 percent on everything here if that makes I don't know I'm I'm all over the place but you get what I'm trying to say it's I like it just feels like they're changing stuff to, to, to kind of change stuff. And like, we don't have, we're not going to have Mick around for, for much. And I feel like Sarah almost isn't long for the show. I feel like we're in the stretch of the end. If that, with this first episode. Um, Hmm. Obviously everything comes down to ratings. And as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about the Dominic cell issue that he had, um, on social media, talking about how things are being handled and so forth. Um, I think if the ratings are good enough, they can maybe squeeze one more season out after this. Okay, well, I'm going to say, because in that Dominic article, we're in season six. There is definitely a season seven greenlit. And that's what he said. He goes, uh, after a certain point in this season, I become sporadic, but I will definitely be around for some of season six and some of season seven. I feel season seven is it at this point. If Arrow, which was the biggest show on like of, of them, uh, only lasted like five or six or whatever it was, maybe it lasted seven. Legends isn't going to make seven, more than seven. Well, didn't Arrow wrap up only because What's-His-Face, who plays Arrow, wanted to do other stuff? Uh, that, could, I, that could be it, but I also think that that show had... I don't know, run its course, uh, you know, but we'll, I'd have to look that up, you know, cause he had to get off. He had to get ready for that big heels TV show. Yeah. Stephen Amell, you know, cause yes. it was his dream to work with Phil from Chicago, just like all of our dreams. That was Marvel as a company at one point. Hmm. Those were dark times. Yep. But there's a bit at the end where, um, 
uh, Sarah and Gary, who's an alien now. And I like the design of the aliens. I'll say that. I thought they put some money into the aliens. I will admit. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Because obviously the tentacles were CGI, but the face and stuff like that. That's yeah, they of... looked like they were like practical effects with CG enhancement. Right. There you go. The best um, of boat worlds. So they suck the one alien out of the airlock, but they also suck a bunch of other stuff out of the airlock. Right, which um, is aliens in cryogenic, cryogenic tubes, apparently. Right, so they all go through the wormhole, and they are all coming to our world. And we, uh, through the legends, see all of those things coming through, and that gives the legends a trail, adventures to go on, while Sarah and Gary get stuck and they don't get through uh the wormhole closes before they can get through to the rest of the legends right so basically what you're telling me is in this time wormhole that these aliens are going to be displaced through time and they have to go hunt them down which is completely different from when the magical creatures were displaced through time and they had to go hunt them down which might be different from the time that the that what were they called the the dead evil people that came back and were displaced through time and they had to hunt them down. I'm starting to sense a formula here, Joe, with the Legends of Tomorrow. I'm not I'm not arguing that it works, but I would like a, a little change, maybe just a tweak to what they're doing. And no wigs, no tiny hats this week. Yeah, yeah. No, there was a wig, wasn't there? I think David Bowie's hair was probably no, a wig because it looked no, pretty I bad. No, I can't think of I can't, Astra. Astra, when they went and found her, she had a weird gray wig on, and then she comes home and she had the, like the long, cur- long, long curly hair. You go back and watch that. She wears a wig when they go find her. When she's playing poker, there's a wig in that scene. You doubting me, Joe? Ah, uh, I think your wig radar is really off, man. I think I was more distracted in the fact that um, Tarazi had like a weird gray streak in his hair. And then like for the rest of the show didn't. And now is it me or is Gary looking old? And Gary doesn't have that, that high and tight like haircut that you could set your watch to. He's getting like the curls are starting to like, he's got the COVID like haircut (laughs) kind of a deal. (laughs) I'm not making that up. You go back and watch. He has like he doesn't look right. I definitely think uh him extra mugging mm-hmm. might be showing his age. Yes. Okay. There's something. Oh, but yeah, as I look here, I do see she was wearing a wig. Uh eh, I eh. like when the guys are in their bad wigs, because it's much more noticeable there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's that you're you sexist when it comes to your wig judging. Now listen, I the only person I want to see wear a tiny hat is uh is is Rory, you know. Right, I get you, and you. But all right, we'll see. I mean, it's not, and with Legends, it's not like there's 27 episodes a season, so and they didn't. The one good thing is they didn't have to finish up their season from last year because they were done filming by the time COVID struck. Yep. So we get a fresh start, fresh thing. So I'm willing to try. I'm going to watch it. Oh, and then we got that, but that new character, I don't think she has a chip in her head. I think she really has powers, Joe. Yeah, and is she someone? I don't think no. she is. That I had to go look up. Everybody's saying she's a fully formed new character for Legends, but her name is close 
to Jessica Cruz, who is the uh, who was Power Ring, the female Power Ring from the Crime Syndicate, then became a Green Lantern. And her like origin and her last name, they're both Cruz, but maybe the first name. Like I looked it up. A lot of people are kind of equate and having like a bad uh, growing up like situation, but they're saying that she's an original character. So I don't know if they're trying to, you know, give us a wrestling gotcha or she's a fresh character. We'll see. Yeah. I'm not seeing her lining up with anyone, you know, Mm -hmm. I get where you're coming from, but I think power ring might be a stretch. Right, she's going to be in that uh, HBO Max show with Guy Gardner. Yeah. I, I just hope we get Nort in the uh, HBO Max series. But can he look like Norton from the Honeymooners when they got told that they can't draw him like that anymore? Uh, I don't, I, he won't. Because I think that's so far removed from what the character has become. I don't think anyone that would be working on the show would even remember that. Or right. like that era of Justice League. Right, but you do know, like, obviously, you know he's ba- based on Ed Norton from The Honeymooners. Yes. Down to the fact that his first appearance, he comes out of a, a, sewer, a, a manhole. Yeah, I think we've talked about this yeah, before. I'm just saying, I just I just love that. And then they got told that they have to change his look. That's where the vest comes from. And they're like, you can't make him skinny anymore because he looks... So you're saying the dog-like character we made looks too much like Art Carney. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the whole John Constantine looks a lot like Sting. <laughs> but come on. Kabuki know. Crow? Yes, Kabuki Crow. Uh, but yeah, Legend Tomorrow is fun. You know, I'll, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, it's not as good as Flash, but hey. Ooh, your silence tells all, Joe. No, you know, Flash, uh, you know, has, has had some growing pains uh, with their return. You know, the fake first, like, what, three episodes was, like, really the end of the last season, and now they're getting back into things with the possessed people. I think when they stick to, not the possessed people, but, like, the representations of, like, power and fear, the forces, yeah. Yes, may the forces be with you, Joe. Uh, But I'm looking forward to the Killer Frost stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's so they can kill somebody and still have their cake and eat it, too. They're gonna oh, kill. Caitlin. That's I like that theory. They're gonna kill Caitlyn, so we can have a oh tearjerker moment. But we're gonna keep Killer Frost, or one of them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, sure. So and that way, oh, I, I you know anyway, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode of Longbox Heroes, which is numbered five hundred fifty three. For Todd, this is Joe saying thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.